welcome to episode 128. Yes, the actual 128. Let's see what happens when I put Ian in charge for a night uh, of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We are recording on August the 22nd, 2021. My name's Eric. I'm the host of the show. As a first responder, I witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events and started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. I'm Alan. I'm a safety nerd, first responder, security expert, and safety trainer. And without looking at my notes, I got that backwards. Well, at least you said it. <laughs> uh, I'm Scott, a first responder, splitting my time between southern and northern Ontario. I like learning things, and I don't accept that things will always carry on the way they have, simply because it would be convenient to me. Hi, I'm Carmen. I'm based in BC. I'm a micro-homesteader, wife, domestic guru from canning to quilting, and yes, I can throw an axe. And I'm glad to be back here this week and join you guys. Welcome back for your second episode. Uh, <laughs> you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy us some swag. We've got the uh, Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt and the Tactical Velcro patch. So you can grab those at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, all the proceeds help keep the lights on and the back of generator fueled. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook. Submit a review on iTunes. Uh, we want your feedback, good or bad, or if there's just a topic you want us to cover. You can email us at feedback at properpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some content that you'll want to swipe right for in this episode. Oh, terrible Tinder. Oh. There. Oh. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related uh, news articles. Next, we'll let you know what we've done for our preparedness since the last episode. And then we're going to get into the main topic, finding like-minded individuals. Let's move into the news. It all started with Spark. Uh, <laughs> Hurricane, uh, I imagine is being pronounced on read with the I, is ma- has made landfall on the East Coast, uh, Rhode Island, Connecticut, most of those upstate places. Uh, looks like they're going to be wet for a few weeks. Um, this is on the heels of some other flooding in Tennessee and some heavy rains in the area. Um, so they're all preparing for flash floods. Um, this the, the item of note in this is that it's a fairly slow-moving storm, so it's not just a um, not just a quick dump. It's going to be it's going to be raining there for a while. Um, so it's just a reminder that uh, we can we can piss and moan about the weather all we want. I think that's the second official Canadian pastime is complaining about the weather, but we can't do a damn yep. thing about it. So our our next best bet is to be ready for it. Exactly. Sounds about right. Hoping that it dissipates before it gets up to the uh, before it gets up to our our maritime provinces, and uh, if it does, well, I hope everybody's out there is ready for it. Mm-hmm. All right. So sure. I've got a an article here from a Coast Reporter, and it's in, you know, the title for it is "Emergency Preparedness is a Low Priority for British Columbians." Well, it's because the government's there to take care of them, isn't it? it? Well, exactly. Yes, that's exactly it. So it uh, it goes I on to it. <laughs> it goes on to uh, talk about twenty two percent of British Columbians have established, or only twenty two percent of British Columbians uh, have established a meeting place with family or friends in case of an emergency. Uh, just under three in ten uh, have prepared a plan that includes how to get in touch with family or friends in case of an emergency. And only 38% of uh, British Columbians have uh, bought or prepared an emergency kit with supplies they might need. So pick it up, DC. <laughs> I believe it. I'm here. <laughs> put a link to Rapid Survival in there or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah there, I might put a link in the show notes. Yep. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be interested to see how that compares to other provinces. Cause, yeah, that's uh, what I, I bet. On, I bet Ontario is not much better. 
No, probably not. Probably worse. Probably worse. Yeah. I think there's certain sections of BC that are a lot more prepared. And then there's other sections where they are like, what? What's happening? <laughs> well, BC is kind of like Ontario, right? Like you've got, you, you can take, if you take a sample of the entire province, you get one thing. But if you were to break it down between Vancouver and the rest of the province, you'd get two really different answers. Oh, big time. Ontario is the exact same way. It's, you know, if you take Toronto out of the equation, we'd have a very, very different situation than if we had, than when we have to yeah. tackle We 100% would. Uh, so I have two articles uh, looking at the supply chain. Uh, I know I tend to bring them up all the time, um, but looking at some of the supply chain problems that the virus and natural disasters are causing uh, and some of the uh, shipping container issues that are continuing to cause trouble for people trying to get any sorts of uh, all, all sorts of supplies coming from overseas. Uh, and it just sort of our, our just-in-time manufacturing society and trouble with the pandemic and disasters. <laughs> and I was listening to a different podcast, and it was looking at the slow su- slide of society. And rather than a big cataclysm, it talked about the crumbles uh, and supply chains breaking down were a big symptom mm-hmm. of that. So it really struck me as uh, sort of something that I have concerns about. Well, there was no milk in my Walmart yesterday. Like none. Zip. No no chicken at my grocery store today either. No yeah, no milk. There was a whole two bunkers of just hot dogs in the meat section and a bunch of just sausages spread out real thin, if you know what I mean? Like there was like no variety. It was just one whole bunker. And I was like, Where's the milk? Like this is really bizarre. It's like the one thing that people around here anyways come in for the the cheaper milk at Walmart. So but the fact that there was none, like there was no crates in the back. You could see there was that just hadn't been loaded yet. There was nothing. So I was yeah. like, wow, that's a little nuts. <laughs> like, where's the I truck? Find that, I find that concerning. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a little freaky. It was a little freaky. The one section that you expect to have at least something in it was empty. The, uh, the, ministry, the ministry of plenty is creating intentional shortages. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that's a good reason to discuss yeah. what we've done for preps. Just going to say, it's a great segue. <laughs> uh, so I was out at a restaurant uh, at a, uh, a workplace dinner for my wife, and I was the plus one. Just meeting some people I hadn't met before, chatting with them. And, of course, zombie apocalypse came up because <laughs> I didn't even bring it up. <laughs> but overheard some complete strangers talking about one of my mag friends and how their plans during a zombie apocalypse are go to, <laughs> to go to my friend's place. <laughs> so it, it oh, was just no. a really good lesson in, you know, gray man values and maybe not advertising, uh, sort of mm-hmm. the potential of having plenty. Uh, so it was just an interesting lesson and sort of far more interesting for the podcast mm-hmm. than stacking firewood or whatever. Uh, on to Eric, who has lots of stuff. Stuff and that dress. Uh, <laughs> right. <sorry. No. laughs> you can edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my editing skills are great. I'm going to edit that part out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so myself, uh, we started demo on the main floor of the house. So that's why I wasn't around last episode. I was doing the last minute moving of things so that the crew could come in and demo our main floor. So uh, yeah, a lot of clearing of last minute things and figuring out we had a lot more than I realized we had. It's funny how quickly you collect things. 
uh, did some tightening of the network here. So I had some time and figured I'd do some updates on the equipment and do a quick fireball review and make sure everything's kind of running smoothly that way. It's always a, a good thing to double check every once in a while. I don't just set it and forget it because it's going to break. So mm-hmm. just tighten that up. And besides that, it's been just lining up contractors and trades and all that kind of fun stuff. So that's my list. It would help if I unmuted, then I can talk about what I did. It certainly would. (laughs) Um, A lot of teaching, working, training, and building. Uh, I get to put my generator to the test tomorrow. As I get my hydro panel changed over, I get get a big upgrade that will help power my new garage, and then uh, finally get framing happening uh, this weekend. And uh, I see Brad in the live chat there. If uh, if, he, if we're taking applications to replace Ian, um, yes. <laughs> Only if you can get episode numbers right, though. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. the, like that's yeah. a prerequisite. It is, yeah. yeah. So pick an, epi- pick an episode you want to come on, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, and, it's, and just getting it wrong is met with harsh punishment of firing. That's why Ian's not here tonight. <laughs> uh, so that's it i've just i've been uh, crazy busy working i did manage to get in a couple of jujitsu classes this week which means that i'm also nice. sore and bruised and mm-hmm. um can't get enough of it can't wait to go back again next week that's uh that's about where i am <laughs> i prepped up the guest room for guests coming in another week or so roughly there should be arriving which is fun i uh, canned up 24 quarts of peaches and 18 pints oh. of hamburger so i've had a busy week in the canning uh, i also dug some trenches for irrigation in my yard so i'm a little <laughs> sore <laughs> my arms are just like falling off here uh, i think my house lives in a bedrock of gravel so it's just like <laughs> Brutal. Uh, extremely hard to put the irrigation in. That should, that should, make, I, that should make drainage yeah. pretty good, though. A good drainage, yes. That'll be great for the new saw that's coming eventually. And uh, harvested my potatoes, had a good cry about it because they were not anywhere near what I thought they should be. And yeah, and then of course there's the forest fire, so I had to pack up and be ready to evacuate. And uh, that was a big eye opener for me as to what to take, what to have in the house, what to leave behind. Uh, that's still marinating at this point. Everything's kind of put semi back where it should be at this point, uh, just cause the alerts off. But, uh, yeah, that was a little bit, uh, I don't have anywhere to go or where am I going exactly? Like, what's my plan? Like, oh my God, I did not plan for this. <laughs> I had a huge loophole cause I still wanted to be able to go to work still. It wasn't just evacuate the whole area, like bug out. It was, I need to be close by still. I need to go to work still. I need to still facilitate my life. So that difference there is just kind of, it's a big difference. Just being evacuated. A good good sprinkler system will, uh, will keep you at home. Well, that's why we're putting that in. So (laughs) the whole house will be surrounded now. (laughs) But yeah, it was a little eye opening as to what I actually packed up and had ready to go for the, the van that we were borrowing from our friend to come over and help us take some stuff out of the house. So that was a little freaky. Three that's, kilometers that's, away from my house is a giant wow. raging fire candling in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's that's way too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's a good point that you bring up too, is the, the difference between bugging out and just being evacuated for a period of time. It's, and still wanting yeah. to continue normal life. So that's, that's actually it's a something. a huge difference as to about. like, what, where am I going to stay that's in town, not the yep. bug out location that's planned, but like in town where I can still go yep. to work and still function. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this no, that's is a not really, good. 
No, that's a really good point. Everybody always thinks about the bug out location and we're just going to go there. But yeah, if it's, mm-hmm. it's something like that and you still need to continue normal life, that's, um, yeah, that's something yeah. I'm going to start thinking about for, uh, for my <laughs> yeah. list. That's, well, you really can get point. evacuated for anything, right? Like yeah. floods and all kinds of stuff, but you still yep. have to go to work probably, or you still yep. have to maintain what's going on around your life. It's not a huge civil issue, but it's, I was, it's just a big difference in what I'm going to be planning now because I'm in a forest fire district eat region. So I have to be prepared in this way. And I wasn't, and I was just in shock. I'm like, why yeah. did I think of this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go. Now everybody, uh, all the listeners can think about it as well and, and start adding it to their list and their plans. An evacuation oh, that's, plan. Yeah. <laughs> that's Not just the bug whole out. point of the podcast, right? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> think about these 100%. things ahead of time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so we so move I'm into gonna, the, the new segment? Yeah, so I'm going to bring our, our WAM segment. We all talk about our MAGS, Mutual Assistance Group. Um, friends and neighbors close by. If there's someone on the other side of town that you can camp out with for a couple of days while you uh, still go to work, but you can't be at your house, there's your mutual assistance group. Uh, but we also want to talk about our WAM, our wide area mag. Um, that's basically someone who can't necessarily bring you some firewood or a bucket of water, but we can share knowledge. Um, we're here because we love learning things. Uh, there are some incredibly intelligent people around here, present company excluded. Sorry <laughs> for yourself. I'm here because I love hearing the sound of my own voice on recording. <laughs> well, that's the reason why I'm here too. Yeah. Uh, but we know there's lots of smart people out there with skills and talents that we want to learn from. Uh, so we're, we're reaching out. We want to hear from, uh, from you feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Um, you know, we, we've talked about, uh, who doesn't love beef jerky? We want to do an episode on food dehydration. <laughs> uh, so obviously Rome is going to be in that episode. Uh, you know, but like if, if you have skills and talents, we want to do an episode looking at preppers from around the world and how different, uh, different cultures, different countries handle it. Um, I was talking to a friend about their South African connections and they take their preps really seriously. Uh, it's not intimidating. You don't have to be an expert on air. Uh, just tell us about things you know, even if it's just off the air. Uh, if you have a great website, a great resource, that's what we want to know. The whole idea of the podcast is to share knowledge with our larger like-minded group. So we want to learn from other smart people. And so like whatever it. it is that you have to share with us, send it to feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. We'll get it on the air. Tell us if you want us to credit you or not. And tell us if you want to come on the air and talk about it. And if you don't, that's fine. And if you do, that'd be fun too. Yep. So as back. I will attest, and hopefully <laughs> Carmen, you, know, you kind of get sucked into this. It is really a yep. lot of fun. It is fun. I, I really enjoyed it last time. That's why I'm back. Yeah. We're a fun crew <laughs> to hang out with on a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, shall we get the uh, swiping right fingers ready and move into the main topic? So this topic came out of a discussion with a few of my good friends. Uh, We're discussing the concept of the competent man. Uh, I make no gender references here. There are far more competent women than men. Uh, (laughs) Carmen. Um, But it's actually a concept in literature to describe that stock character who just seems to know how to do everything. Uh, And the quote that started all this uh, from Wikipedia by Robert uh, A. Heinlein, a human being should be able to change diaper, plan an engine, butcher a hog, 
Connorship, design a building, write us on it, balance accounts, build a wall, set, set a bone, come from the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, uh, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, <laughs> fight efficiently, die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. I like it. So I can do most of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Off air, we'll, we're going to work on sonnets. That's fine. Uh, I can't program so, a computer. This sucks. <laughs> that's it. You're out. Yep. Off that's the show it. forever. I was going to say, I, I can barely get mine to work. But I, anyway, um, in a situation where self-reliance or mutual reliance is key to survival, uh, an entire set of skills is going to be needed. It's great if you can defend yourself, but it really doesn't help if you freeze to death because you can't split firewood. It's great that you can grow tons of food, but if you have an infected wound because you don't have any first aid knowledge, eh, you're no better off. Uh, you can have a generator. Oh, you don't know how to change spark plugs. So the whole idea is that with a mag, you have more people and you can have a whole bigger set of those useful skills at the group's disposal. Um, I would love to have Ben Peterson around to help with wood gas fires and repairing things. Uh, Carmen's canning knowledge is certainly going to be an asset to, to any group that she's part of. Plus, 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 plus. Here, <laughs> <laughs> here. Um, so I figure we kind of go through and look at some of the skills, traits, talents that we want to incorporate into our mag, whether we have them and bring them to the party or we find someone else who has that strength and you know has it to offer up for the, the group's benefit. I figure we'll cover some of the low-hanging fruit, the food, water, shelter, defense, power, medical, uh, and then we can kind of go further into it if there's other, other areas that we haven't thought of before. And, you know, all of a sudden, the person with a certain skill is going to get really popular in town. So um, starting with water, uh, we need to procure, procure it, clean it, store it, talk about camping filters. Um, my house is on a, a well, so I need to make sure I have power if I want to keep the, the well water going. I've got a little bit of flowing water, but I went out and checked today. We haven't had much rain, and there's just a stagnant pit there. So would I have to <laughs> walk a kilometer or two to the lake? I'm not sure. So I think water is an important asset to any group in any situation, correct? Mm -hmm. I have 100% of this. 110%, yeah. Oh, you're really trying to tick Ian off tonight, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> he's not here, I can say whatever the hell I want, right? <laughs> um, next big one, food. Um, mm -hmm. Gardening, looking after livestock, hunting, trapping. Uh, I think after our episode on trapping, it's like, oh, maybe it's not as easy as it seems to be in oh, it's not. The, Cub, the, the Cub Scout book. Uh, and in obviously, what world was it easy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it it's sort of seems like, easy. oh, yeah, get, get some snare wire. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's um, all you need, right? That in the forest, right? That's it. Just setting that um, wire is so finicky. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm backing away. No. <laughs> I'm good. So, uh, and then the whole other side of food, preserving it. It's great that you have a, a wonderful bounty come, you know, August, September. But if the rest of the year you, you don't have that food preserved, you're really no better off uh, for your giant full garden. So uh, 
I mean, again, looking at canning, at uh, pickling, at some of the other non-refrigeration foods. Foods. Who, who's the guy from Into the Wild? Remember that movie? And it, he was the the guy that kind of went off grid in Alaska and was like living. The one in that the was old, in the bus. Yeah, he was. In, he was living in the old microbus, and yeah. um, as I remember that story, he actually managed to he actually managed to take a moose, but because he didn't have any way of preserving the meat, it went rancid on him, and mm-hmm. so he, and he lost had to drag all the, the carcass away because he was attracting bears and he was attracting bears and stuff. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. it, right. Hunting is one thing, right? Being able to being able to capture an animal is one thing, but doing something with it that is beneficial to you is, is a, you know, that's one of those stark lessons where he got really, really lucky with that and then really, really unlucky afterwards. Well, he could have smoked a lot of that meat if he knew about smoking meat. So Exactly. Uh, that's, he that's, had a bunch of tin boxes around in the background from what I remember in the movie. They had a yep. bunch of stuff around from that, what used to be a camp there. And all you need is yep. a nice tall box of the fire at the bottom and the smoke going up. So yep. um, he could yeah, have he, done a bit more which, like that, but yep. Which is, which is exactly, <laughs> which is I think exactly the point, right? Like if we don't have, mm-hmm. if we don't have that knowledge, even if I, even if I don't put it into practice, as much as we preach practice and try these skills at home before you need them, even if I've got that theory in the back of my head, I can make use of it when I need it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's knowing how much to put away also. I think that's a big issue where people are like, well, I don't know how much I even eat in a month. I don't know how much I eat in three months. I don't know how much I eat in six months. Let alone, I think most people don't know that. Yeah. You know, I'm going to buy a hundred boxes of craft dinner. Okay. Well, how many boxes of craft dinner do you normally eat <laughs> in a year? And they're like, mm, maybe four. <laughs> you know, like, it's not my favorite. I'm like, then why are you buying a hundred? <laughs> because it's cheap. It's readily available. Cheap, it doesn't yeah. go bad. And it's currently on sale. Yeah, it's on sale. Really love that. Yeah, it just goes for bartering for a while. Mm. Yeah, that would be a barter thing in Canada. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, the the new currency after the fall of civilization (laughs) is craft craft dinner. I thought it was going to be optimum points. (laughs) I got five. I got five boxes. What are you going to give me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So another obviously important attribute any group, uh, shelter, security, warmth, energy efficiency. I mean, in our uh, year-long tabletop exercise, we were talking about how you make your house ready for winter so that you're not having to heat space you're not using, that kind of thing. Um, So what are some talents from shelter, home maintenance uh, that you guys want in your mag? Backup carbon monoxide detectors. (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to figure out where I was going to fit it in there and I got it. Don't we all have those? <laughs> 20, 22 minutes in. 22. It's pretty good. So, so, so for the over-under crowd. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, uh, yeah, I think just, it's someone you know, that knows how to do roofing or knows how yeah. to be on a roof or how to fix a roof would be yeah. one of the first things because I have no clue. And if something were to even hit my house and I had to repair my roof, like a fallen log or a tree on one corner of it, for, for instance, how would I fix that? I'd be, so it could be a small hole even and I'd be devastated. So one, there's knowing how to do it is one item because roofing mm-hmm. repair is actually really straightforward. It's not hard at all. The willingness to go up on a roof, especially in a, in, a, in a storm, is something entirely different and also worthy of discussion. So, um, 
yeah, so having somebody that's 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 not only knowledgeable but but willing and able to do it. Um, you won't find me up on a lot of roofs. That's that's no. not my thing. I I pay people to do that. After a, <laughs> after a big windstorm, uh, I didn't even go home. My neighbor said we'd lost some shingles. Uh, I went straight to uh, to buy shingles because by the next morning everything was sold out, mm-hmm. uh, and no one was available. You know, it didn't matter how much money you threw at the problem. There was no one else that was coming. They're all booked absolutely solid because everyone had lost a bunch of shingles. I had the same problem with my septic uh, system here and I had to figure out how to do the repairs myself because help wasn't available. It's not because there's a big disaster. It's just schedules and that sort of thing. So having that skill set and being able to work through a problem or, or talk someone through a simple problem. You know, someone had a running toilet. It was just a flapper valve. Like, well, turn off the water of the toilet. It's not leaking out of the plumbing system. That'll just stop it from running up your water bill. Yep. Simple things like that. As long as your valve works and what happens if the water shutoff doesn't work. Cause boy, that's happened to me before. <laughs> well, at that point you just throw it in by a new house. Yeah, that's, that's how that works, right? Burn it, burn it all down. Yep, yeah, burn it all down. Yep. <laughs> um, another topic: defense. Knowing your equipment, being able to reload if you're in a low resource situation, uh, how to repair things. Yep. I, I think we'd all agree that uh, if society starts breaking down because nine meals ago people started getting hungry, that's an important skill set have an egg and especially um, lone wolf hide out in your bunker in the woods versus have a group which is tends to be really good for security mm-hmm. yeah well you're going to need multiple eyes to watch all the corners of the property right can't do that alone everybody has to sleep at some point yep that too what's the word what's the, what's the rule 4am is the, is the best time to attack or go to sleep that's why it's the best time to attack. <laughs> <laughs> Figured I'd give you that one. Um, power. Uh, it's great that we have generators, but you can run out of fuel. You can have multiple fuse, fuel mm-hmm. sources. You need to be able to ration what you're doing. So whether you run a generator just for an hour or two, charge batteries, cool off your fridge and freezer, and then start saving fuel, mm-hmm. running a solar system, fuel storage um what gas fires absolutely uh, that's that is, yeah that's the only reason scott came out to this episode I have to, <laughs> it's going to be a lot harder to get that in every episode rather than carbon monoxide but i'm up to the uh, <laughs> challenge uh-huh. accepted there we go <laughs> all right i'll start the poll and we'll do an over under every episode <laughs> uh so what other aspects of power are yeah, you know, skills or talents that you guys want to see. I mean, you know, if you have a big enough group, having an electrician would probably be I was, handy. I was just going to say, I want to <laughs> know somebody that knows how to hook it up safely, so I'm not going to burn anything down or electrocute yeah. myself. And yeah, so that's important. Is someone that understands how electricity works, how to hook things up properly, and how not to have me zap myself. I'm way more concerned about damaging the equipment than I am myself when it comes to electricity. I can like. You don't touch the bare wires. You really can't get shocked. Um, mm-hmm. Don't, don't cases, never say never. 
<laughs> your your general worst case is that you're gonna sh- is that you're gonna short out the uh, like you're gonna ground out the the circuit, uh, which isn't necessarily bad unless you've got equipment hooked up to that and now you've made whatever it is that you wanted to use. Well, you've you've, dis- use. you've discovered that it works on smoke and you just let the smoke out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there is there such a thing as a fridge gasifier? <laughs> oh boy. No. So, no. Is, so for Please. this new this new contest, is it double points if Alan mentions wood gasifiers or Scott mentions CO? Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Let what us know it. <laughs> Feedback at pepperpodcast.ca. Subject near and dear to my heart, obviously, medical. Uh, mm-hmm. Having some first aid background. Uh, looking at kind of that Dr. Alton long-term, there's no help coming medical needs, uh, being able to reuse medical equipment that's meant to be single use, uh, everything in higher is all single use, sterile disposable. Um, so my question back during the canning episode is, yeah, I understand that lids are be single use, but if you're in a situation where that is just not an option, what skills and talents do you need? Um, looking at home remedy cures uh, with things that are available and procurable. If you can grow something in your yard that is helpful for whatever the medical issue is, that is a huge asset to you and your mag. Um, so what are some of the other medical things that you know are going to make medical people popular in their mags? Well, I think it goes back to the old you know, witch doctor in the woods type of thing where women knew their herb lore and their, what plants in the woods were, you know, for this or for pain or for upset stomach, etc., And just drying them and putting them into tea like the Chinese did so well. Um, I think that kind of herb lore, I've got a couple of books on it, is very interesting. I haven't actually ingested it myself, but I'm tempted on some things just for like upset te- tummies and headaches. I might try those teas. But uh, other things I'm just like, mm, that doesn't seem like it would work it's more in the brain like oh i took this tea so i should feel better so more of a placebo effect sometimes if you want to really help people sometimes but uh there are books out there which is quite nice to have as a backup brandy and 22 lr (laughs) two-piece first aid kit (laughs) oh boy see everybody on tour next week (laughs) (laughs) i uh i love that old knowledge, that exact stuff you're talking about, Carmen, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. hundred years ago, how they deal with this problem so that if society collapses and we have to survive, like it's a hundred years ago, where's that knowledge? And I, I love that type of book that isn't reliant on something that has to be at the pharmacy shipped from wherever. Indiana Wait, does this China? mean that we can start <laughs> stocking cocaine and leeches again? Allegedly, leeches are easy to keep. Actually, <laughs> leeches leeches are easy, but like a hundred years ago, cocaine was a legitimate prescribable drug. And mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly, I want that back. Oh, I was kidding about catching us on tour next week, but it might actually be a thing now. <laughs> All right. Well, how about some good, clean fun then with repairs, <laughs> having tools, spare parts, the knowledge to use them electrical systems, water systems, plumbing, welding, vehicle repair, modification. Um, you know, would that 
set of talents that might be useful to someone else uh, when cash is meaningless? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The part I think the parts is the big one, right? A lot of a lot of things can be repaired, but it's a whole lot simpler, faster, and safer if you can just swap a part out. Um, also, it means that you're already you're you're operationally ready, and then you can take that damaged part and repair it when you have time. Um, so I think Ian had a really good setup for how he stores spark plugs and stuff and, and spare parts yep. for his generators, right? It, it's it's all labeled. It's all easy to easy to find, and and all the stuff that's interoperable yep. is group together yeah spare parts mm-hmm. how do you how do you find them where do you get them especially locally mm-hmm. right if you know if, you know it's, it's one thing to be you know cannibalizing your your neighbor's your neighbor's vehicle if it happens to be a similar year and you're making model but um, knowing where to come across those legitimately in places that won't get you uh, assaulted for what you're doing is probably a really good idea as well <laughs> pick and pull yep well, I'll jump ahead a little to trade, uh, trade and bartering. Yep. The ability to swap assets for something else that meets both parties' needs. So having extra somethings available, spare parts being, yep. uh, you know, if, if you're the guy in town that has all the spark plugs, like that's pretty handy. Uh, Ian had got me onto that idea when he made awesome. a comment about it. It does, yep. That's very true. So, I mean, you know, you mix your gray man with your, uh, <laughs> your, your asset Market trading. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ian had gotten me onto the, the episode when he was talking, uh, the hundred or sorry, the year long emergency episode where he was talking about bartering firewood. You know, if you have an extra cord of firewood and someone is ill prepared, that is of tremendous value to, to them. So, yep. You know, having someone who can trade and barter or, you know, wander out to the markets, a useful skill within your mag. Yeah. I think 100% that's worthwhile to have as a good skill. You might want someone that likes to travel and take your wares from your area to another area to trade and get something that you need, kind of like what the the native tribes or the first nations tribes used to do a lot is they had their guy go to the coast to get the seashells and stuff like that. And they brought their, their hides there, that kind of a thing. I think if it did really fall apart, you'd end up with traders also within your mag that were willing to go out there with some security maybe and trade for other goods in other communities. And you'd have a little powwow amongst amongst yourselves as to what you're trading for and getting and coming back to your, compound or bunker whatever you want to call it at that point the farm and taking care of things that way because you'd have to have someone that's brave enough to go out there and trade maybe you might need that guy i don't want to go (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you're 100 right you're going to need that person that's able to go out um, trade things um, you know put the salesman hat on and and get things out there and and make good choices and good trades on, on items that's definitely something to think about well, and, and have the knowledge to go out there and maybe they have something in mind, but what else would be valuable enough to trade this asset for and bring home if it's not what we'd intended? Yep. Um, comms and information. Uh, in, in a sort of societal collapse situation, having ham radio and being able to 
collect information if there's no internet, there's no cell towers, I think 98% of society would be in a whole lot of trouble. Um, freaking out. Knowledge is power. Huh. We've, talk, we've talked about uh, the ability to discern what's happening in a situation so you can make effective decisions. You can't do that without information. So not everyone in the mag needs to do that, but if one is able to collect that information, it's tremendously valuable to the group. Mm-hmm. Oh, hundred percent. It is. It's, that's a skill that you're going to have to have in your mag for sure. Just look at how, uh, how much people freaked out when that big Rogers um, thing happened where they were down for, what was it a couple hours? Uh, it was like 14 hours, but yeah, it's, yeah. it was enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freaked everybody yeah. out. Right. And, yep. and that's well, just 14 it, hours of, of no comms or no comms of what they're used to using anyways. So, so all of a sudden, if you have HF radio and you're able to hear news from a significant distance where maybe things are still intact, but, oh, yeah, Eastern Seaboard, this is happening, this is happening, that's a tremendously valuable asset Absolutely. to bring, bring into and your mag. And it's also news that's not from mainstream media that's possibly been polished a certain way. Uh, to answer Brad's question in the, uh, in the live chat, Scott is approximately 94 years old. Yeah, and he says things like "well, sunny" <laughs> and "back in my day" and "when I was a young whippersnapper." Yeah. All true. Yeah, <laughs> but don't worry he's he's got those speed tennis balls on his walker, so it's all good. Mm-hmm. I can outrun the forest fire. That's it. Yeah. Be <laughs> <laughs> quick. Yep. Um, so what are some of the other skills that you guys would like to see in your mag? I picked all the low-hanging fruit already. Um, it is hard being a supermodel. That's okay. We can cover that separately. <laughs> um, what are some of the other uh, skills, <laughs> talents, attributes that would be valuable in, a, uh, in one of these scenarios? Uh, for me, it's the fiber and needle arts, making yarn, making mm. fabric, making threads, um, knowing how to sew, how to make your clothes, how to make your shoes, how to make blankets, how mm. to basically clothe the person and your multiple layers of quilting to keep yourself warm in the winter and the knowledge of tying fine threads for making nets, those kind of things, even those trapping nets, things like that for fishing, etc. You can make some very fine thread if you know how to do your fiber arts and how to process yarn into or process wool into yarn, for instance. Um, that's a skill that I would like to learn, but I don't know it yet. But I do know how to use it once it's made. <laughs> Just don't know how to make it yet. It's too that's simple in today's society. It's too cheap to go to Walmart <laughs> and get a $3 ball of yarn. <laughs> it's like, well, it would yeah. take me about six hours to make that probably if I made it by myself. So That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting when you look at some of the prepper porn literature where people are envisioning a really bad scenario. Yeah, if you have an awfully long hike and your shoes wear out and you don't have Walmart to go and buy another pair of shoes, what are you doing? How are you repairing that? You're going to run out of layers of duct tape eventually. Mm-hmm. It's true. You just add more duct tape then. That's how that works, right? Stock, yeah. Stockpile more duct tape or <laughs> learn how to make duct tape. Oh. Uh, Brad in the live chat's got a good point. Uh, child care and teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I think anyone who's been homeschooling their children at any point realizes the value of that, <laughs> that talent in others. Yep. 
I think it's also really important. We've talked a lot about the hard skills and the, the, the must-haves. Um, we're also kind of ignoring, and we it's something that we tend to ignore in general when, we, when we're preparing, is the, is the soft skills, right? It's one thing to say we have all this stuff to do. Uh, it's quite another to realize that a lot of a lot of survival time is intense boredom because there's simply nothing to do and you can only chore for so long. So being able to being able to do do things like childcare and teaching and being having somebody that can that can make the best of a bad situation, somebody that keeping people around you that have a really good attitude is immeasurably beneficial. Alan, you had talked about that exact scenario where you're hunkered down for a cold, lonely winter and what are the things you have to do to keep yourself sane, be it board games, puzzles, movies. Sonnets. (laughs) That's why it's on the list. That's why it's on the list. Writing sonnets and being able to to change your guitar strings so that you can keep yourself entertained. Mm Mm-hmm. Or, or be like Davey and make a bong out of anything. Yes, I love uh, it. There you go. <laughs> um, Why I, I I do like Brad's comment about logistics and scavenging. Um, yep. Supply chain is number one. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. knowing how to find parts, make parts. You know, free cycling, up getting obtainium, whatever you can find to work with. Um, you know, I love my wood gasifier idea, but if you can't find metal to make it out of, that really doesn't help you any. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say somebody who knows the, uh, lay of the land and, and where to go for certain things that may not necessarily be easily found at times. Um, and someone who knows the history of the area that you're in. Very useful. Mm, absolutely. Makes me think. Where's the closest like car scrapyard around here? And in that scenario, you can find all sorts of lovely, lovely items to to pick at and repurpose. Also, do you drive a car that nobody else on the road drives, which not only sticks out but also doesn't have spare parts kicking around for it? Mm-hmm. Good point. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are a lot of farms around here that have like fifteen of the same vehicle. That, they, that people just acquire as they go and they can rob parts from it as they need to. So if you find one that's your, your make and model, then if you can get it for a good price, do it. Rob all the parts out of it. And Brad's got a good point in the live chat here too. Uh, stores and quotes are everywhere. You just have to think outside the box. That's true. And be able to run really fast. <laughs> Not that we're advocating you do anything illegal. No, but if you have things <laughs> no. to barter and trade for uh, both parties' benefit. Yep. Exactly. Then we got run really fast as a talent to have. <laughs> and Freja here says, uh, drive around frequently and write down assets you see nearby. Great point. Well, this is Just, great for like berry bushes and big sections yep. of the wildlife where you're hiking. You're like, oh, there's a huge strawberry patch on this hillside and just... Yep. Market in the brain, kind of a thing as to where to go if you ever needed it. Yeah, just, well, just don't point. just don't drive through a neighborhood really slowly with binoculars making notes. <laughs> yeah, really the police calls. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad idea. Uh, anyway, we had joked about this episode being about Tinder and hooking up with with like minded people. Uh, yep. We've 
discussed a whole bunch of the skills and talents we would like to have within our mags. What are some ways of meeting these like-minded people and expanding our mutual assistance group so that we have all of these talents at our disposal? So step one is make a Tinder account. Step two is the username has to be something to do with Prepper. And step three is swipe right, swipe right, swipe right. No? No. <laughs> okay. All right, then. I quit. Was, Go on. That, sounds like, that sounds like trouble. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> was it Tinder so, or was it that oh, other oh. app? Only because only because my wife is listening. This is a very bad idea. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. <laughs> All right. So some actual ways to meet like-minded individuals. So. Um, obviously, listening to this podcast. Yep. Mm-hmm. As long as it um, exists. As long as we're still yep. broadcasting. Yeah, it's good to see the live chat. Everybody's kind of talking amongst themselves, which is neat. And then get the odd comment for us to read out is always good, too. So love that. It's fantastic. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, local interest groups, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's sort of something very near and dear to prepping or just other people who like camping, the outdoors, uh, you know, canning, preserving. Conservation societies. Um, yeah. They're, 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 like, there's a, there are fishing and angling clubs all over the place. And even if you're not a, a, an angler, um, one probably a good idea to be able to do that a good skill to have but also somebody who's an angler is probably also interested in other outdoor things and that's a good way to meet somebody that is also interested in outdoor things i think where everybody gets hanged up on this part of uh, the preparedness plan is everybody thinks you have to look for something that says we're into preparedness we're into emergency preparedness we're into that kind of thing it's not necessarily that you have to go out and look for only prepper groups there's all mm-hmm. kinds of other places you can go and look, and most likely people in those groups are going to be interested in in having a little extra stockpile of things, or they're going to be able to teach you a skill or something like that. Well, yeah, and I think when oh, go ahead. I, I think when you have discussions with people, every now and then a little keyword drops. You know, someone mentioned something like mag, and you just suddenly know, you know, that secret yep. handshake that oh, you've thought about this before. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. So you know, self-reliance is not something unique to preppers. Maybe it's it's sort of at the heart of what we like, but I think a lot of people take self-reliance as a an asset and whether how how far they choose to get, who knows? Yeah. Well that's like the SOS group on Facebook, the stocking our shelves book uh, club on there. Uh, there's a lot of us on there. And there's a lot of information being shared, a lot of things being, oh, this store is out, so go to this store. This is what's happening in my, my state, my province, etc. And this is Australia, North America, etc. So I think they have, I'm just going to check real quick here. I think it's close to uh, 183,000 members. So this is a stocking yourselves group on Facebook that it's literally around the world. And the information's there. You start commenting with someone, you start texting with them. All of a sudden, you're personal messaging with them. Oh, you're right in my valley also. You know, what do you do for this? How's your garden doing? How's your cucumbers doing? And you just start talking. And I think that kind of osmosis can happen within these larger groups 
if you're commenting on something, you see something and you can connect that way. I've got three or four just online friends now that I know are doing the same thing. They're canning, they're getting their garden together. They're scared about what's coming ahead of us here for economics. And, and same thing in the quilting group kind of a thing. You hear a couple of comments here and there. Oh, well, I had, I made a quilting thing for my canning. I made this for that. And you're like, Oh, you're into that too. And it's just commenting and finding these people that have a common thing going on. I think it's really important whenever you're joining a group, do it with the right intentions, right? Yes, I want to I want to increase my my availability of resources, but I also want to be an asset to somebody else. Give information, give, 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 and then ask. Um, if you're just trying, if you're just trying to be, if you're just that guy that shows up and and starts demanding things, nobody likes that yeah. person, and you're 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 not going to be welcomed into that group because there's yep. a good chance that, that group is already pretty tightly knit and they already have probably a little subset of a group that is exactly like the people, exactly the group of people you want to be associated with, but they have no reason to trust you just like you have no reason to trust them. Mm-hmm. It's a great Build point. that relationship first and then ask about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then get their starter for bread. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great point. Other places that you can connect with people that are like-minded, ham radio clubs. Um, yep. I think I'm just stealing that from Eric because I didn't realize that his name was there. <laughs> that was on your mind. I'm sorry. Hold on. You you thought I wouldn't talk about ham radio clubs? Well, I figured that I could get him. <laughs> I didn't see your name. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Um, you can have that one. Steal my thunder. Go for it. Nobody suspected I would say ham radio group, so it's fine. Um so most people that are most people that are into ham radio are, are already people that are thinking about what happens when phones don't work. And yep. if you're thinking about what happens when phones don't work, you're probably thinking about hap- what happens when roads don't work and when you can't pay for things and when you can't get deliveries. And so um, there's a good chance that those people, that group of people, also has uh, also has. Uh, an interest in the same things that you do. So yep. make connections. And that also gives you an opportunity to practice with your equipment and become proficient with it, which might be the <laughs> second time ever we've talked about that. This episode? <laughs> this, this segment? Yeah. This segment? Uh, Davey in live chat uh, mentions drive around looking for ham antennas coming from houses. Oh, but really? but again, look. don't like slow down with binoculars <laughs> making notes. That's just weird. I have to relocate my antennas now. You got a good point. <laughs> Look for that hedgehog house. Yep. <laughs> um, it's there. Our good friend has a literal <laughs> hedgehog house. <laughs> what, I've, what I found is that most, most search and rescue people are generally yep. well prepared and they generally value good planning and preparation. Um, and as we kind of, as we said, like I think we said at the beginning, uh, this all came about because somebody was talking about somebody else um, and their stockpile. So just be wary of what information you're giving out and know who's getting that information. Um, they're gonna hopefully that person has the same um, that same res- reservation with you until until you know each other. Yep, it's a good 100%. sign. Yeah. Um, as well, online sites. Obviously, be careful with this one. Uh, but um, sites like uh, meetup.com, they have a specific section specifically for preppers. So uh, that's meetup.com slash topics slash preppers, and there's all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, There are some for Ontario, 
um, in there as well. So I don't know if there's other provinces in Canada that are covered. I, I would imagine there are some, but but check that out. But uh, obviously approach that with caution because you never make know sure, who's on the Make internet. sure your VPN and firewall are up to date before yeah. you go on, on sites like that. Well, hey, internet people are weird. Yeah, Eric. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then in-person meetups. So, um, for example, the annual Peppers meet that was happening here in Ontario uh, pre-COVID. Always a great spot to go and meet like-minded people because, well, they went to a Pepper meet. So, yeah. And Brad makes a good point in the live chat too, right? Go to a swap meet or set up a swap meet if you can find yep. if you can find one that has. If there's a swap meet that for things that you're looking for. Then there's somebody else there that's looking for it as well. Um, and if that's the case, then you might be able to find somebody there that you can swap recipes with, for lack yep. of a better term. Is that yep. the term we're going with now? Is swapping recipes? Sure, why not? That's the code word now. <laughs> swapping recipes. That's what the kids are calling it these days. Yeah. So now it's the Canadian Swapping Recipes podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's... In in the comments, uh, Freya mentions getting to know your local firms. Uh, If if we're in a situation where they have more food or animals than they can manage... Um, so having that relationship is a a great thing. I've been going to my local farmer's market just to get all the, the local stuff around here and sort of start building those those relationships and that rapport. Yeah. Farmer's markets. Know who your local people are. And usually they have like, oh, you can come down to like the local one, Griffin Farms, and get your peaches, order your peaches now. That kind of thing. That's where I got my peaches from this year, and they're fantastic. And that kind of a thing is know where your local produce is coming from um, is kind of a really nice thing to do. I try and do a bit of it, but not as much as I probably should be, <laughs> but I'm trying to grow my own. So, <laughs> but it's good to know they got, you know, a hundred peach trees over there just in the other Valley. So uh, I don't think those are going to go anywhere, even if they were taken out. <laughs> so it's good to know that, you know, your local farmers and what they have and what you're able to barter with them if possible. Yeah, a lot of this is kind of picking up the gift of gab, right? And just learning to talk to people. And then as you talk to them, you, you start to build a rapport with each other and then you start to learn from each other. So it's just a matter of not being afraid to get out there and, and just chat with people. Yeah. And hey, if you, if you have your wood gasifier powered 1972 truck and you can deliver produce into the center of town, you're going to be offering them a very valuable asset and they're going to mm-hmm. give you something back in return. So are we at three now for the number of times you've mentioned wood gasifiers? I think that's five. Holy, I can't. Yeah, me and Matt don't, Matt don't add up, so. What, what that's that's right, Mr. 127. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else from the uh, panel? I, um, I, I think we're just degenerating at this point. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> having someone in your mag who's developed a tolerance to CO, kind of like Dread Pirate Roberts to Iocane powder, just think of what you could do. <laughs> oh boy! Very oh, trigger warning. Toler- tolerance to carbon monoxide yeah. is not a thing. It will kill you. Uh, entire time inconceivable. <laughs> it's, it's really a good thing that this is virtual and you guys can't punch each other. 
<laughs> you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> oh, man. Well, shall we move into the podcast challenge that's being typed right now? <laughs> Absolutely. Get, get through this entire episode. That's your challenge for this week. This is the most prepared, prepared people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Come up, so, find, think of some skills and some assets that you have that you can share with your, with your Meg and what you are missing and what you need for yourself. Find somebody to share that with and find somebody that you can learn from. I, I assume that's what the rest of that was supposed to say. Exactly. Word for word. Okay. Probably right. I already Perfect. married him. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, la-di-da. Now karma's the, well, karma's the new that, Yeah. He's got computer <laughs> skills. I got the rest. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> no, he's, All right, he's what, a pretty awesome mechanical guy, too. So he's pretty good that way. So I'm good. <laughs> I'll make it. <laughs> Hopefully. Anyway, what do we got for upcoming events? One. There's one upcoming event. Thanks, Trudeau. Me, yeah. <laughs> Maple, Maple Seed, maybe. We hope so. Maple Seed Rifleman Courses. Uh, great way to go out and learn some stuff, become a better shot, understand how to make the shot that you want. Uh, check them out. MapleSeedRifleman.com slash events. Hopefully they're still happening. If not, you know who to blame. Yep. <laughs> yep. I take my pal this week. Right. Fantastic. I'm jealous. I'm excited. I'm super excited. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nice. So I'm ex super excited. So then I'll have to go see this what this is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure you would need a pal to, to go to a Maple Seed event, but it certainly wouldn't hurt. Probably not, but well. I should at least know something. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So move into shout outs. Uh, local, local friend here, Brent J. He's, uh, he's kind of a, a really awesome dude in general but he uh he is one of these guys that likes to make uh make his own gear um and he makes some cool. pretty interesting things and that's uh i'm, I'm excited to see what he's cooking up next because he's always got something in the fire so that's um that's brent he's awesome one day maybe he'll nice. be on he he sounds like the competent man he he right is on. very much the competent man <laughs> <laughs> all right i got a quick shout out to uh listener aaron and Oren. Uh, so they sent an email in to me a couple weeks ago. I've received a few more emails from them asking if I got the original email. Uh, yes, I did. And I have replied to it multiple times. So uh, check your spam folder. Uh, if not, we'll try some alternate way to, uh, to connect. But uh, just a quick shout out and uh, figure this would be the best way to get that message to you because your email doesn't seem to be working. Uh, I'm going to shout out my mag friends who inspired this topic, this, <laughs> this whole whole thing came out of a discussion with them and uh, they're pretty awesome people. So uh, I'm glad to have them around. Uh, I have a shout out to good to go co. Uh, they went and sent along an emergency poncho with my last order of hard wheat that I got from them. It was just a little extra present in the box, which was kind of nice to get. And I needed that for the new car, get home bag. So that was awesome. I didn't have to go find one now. And uh, nice. they do have a lot to offer, so check out their website. They have a quite a bit on there, and their their wheat's been quite nice, actually. So, and they still have all American canners in stock there, and I can't find them anywhere mm -hmm. else. So they're one of the few places that still has the all Americans. Uh, I think they have five or six of each kind there still. So interesting. Uh, get them I while you think, can. There's I a think we eighteen month backlist on them on other places. Oh, geez. Host yeah. hosting this show has put quite the dent in my pocketbook. 
I always <laughs> learn something new every Sunday and I have to go buy it. Is, isn't that the opposite <laughs> of the goal here? Payday <laughs> <Hey> preps. <laughs> yep. Um, I think we made an error in the Good to Go Co website in last week's notes. Um, so just, I think when I clicked on it, it, it took me somewhere else. So we'll have to make oh. sure we have the, the proper website uh, in the shout out here. Cause uh, you're right. They have an awesome website or, or awesome supplies. Or if it's wrong, Google it and <laughs> don't rely on somebody else to get you there. Self-sufficiency? There what? Wait a minute. What? That's not what we talk no. about here. No, not at all. Nobody thinks for themselves here. No. no. <laughs> all right. Let's move into uh, email and iTunes reviews. So we've got an email here from a listener. It says, uh, listening to your most recent episode and uh, perked up when you mentioned that X number of COVID exposures were linked to the Calgary Stampede. Uh, is there contact tracing done for all your exposures in Canada? Uh, I'm in the U.S., uh, a cop in a major East Coast resort city and work in an emergency room. Uh, I had uh, COVID last year and not one single official even verbally asked me where I thought I got it. Uh, and it's signed off Sergeant Mack. So, yes, there's definitely contact tracing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea how robust it is. Um, I, I always get leery when we start delving into COVID here just because I don't yeah. know that we have enough expertise to, uh, to say, yeah. um, but yeah. hopefully. I, I have firsthand anecdotal, no- anecdotal, anecdotal knowledge that it, it is happening on a pretty consistent basis. Um, it's not in any way thorough, but it is, um, it is happening and there's, it's, it's a, it's a casual link at best, but um, we're past the point where correlation doesn't equal causation. Uh, I think we've we've thrown that logic out the window for yeah. you know, the last eighteen months, and now if you sneezed, you are automatically sick. So, um, whether there's a benefit to this to this contact tracing or not is is a little yeah. is, is much more of a debate, but it, it is happening to to an extent. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent it is. I think it was happening more so at the beginning when the numbers were lower and is easier to easier to track back. It's yeah. a lot harder to do now, but uh, but it is there's still is, there's still a bit of a background being done. Yep. Uh, and then we also got an email from an anonymous listener, and it says, Hello, I just listened to the show with Cameron on canning. That would be a great show all by itself, just for the record. And had some questions you could hopefully pass on to her or answer yourself. My wife does very good soups and stews, and we would like to can them. The soups have bacon, beef, ham, and sometimes dairy in them. With everything pre-cooked when she makes the soup, would you still need to pressure cook them, or could you just get away with a water bath? Also, would the best before date be the same as normal canned food? We already do water bath for vegetables, apple juice, applesauce, but never attempted pressure canning. I enjoy listening to your podcast instead of the radio. Find it on par with my way of thinking. Always looking for better ways and different ideas. I was a volunteer firefighter for 10 years. Uh, tried to target shoot and hunt when the time and budget allows. New ham radio operator as well. So all in all, the podcast is extremely relatable. Well. Why aren't so, you on the show, anonymous listener? Let's get you on. Send yeah, us another email. Yeah, I, was, I was thinking, I was like, come <laughs> on over. <laughs> we, can, um, we, can, uh, we can put an anonymous listener up for your name. Absolutely. <laughs> don't have to be on camera. So Also yeah, true. Yeah, you don't have to be on camera. Um, so as it happens, and obviously um, anonymous listener could not have um, could not have predicted this last week, Carmen is here and can answer that directly. So Carmen, <laughs> bacon, beef, ham, sometimes dairy, water bath, pressure can, what else? 
I would not do the dairy just because it will sometimes change texture when it gets pressure canned, especially if it's pre-cooked into something. The bioproteins will go bad. Um, as you know, milk turns into cheese eventually, and that kind of mm-hmm. process that happens can turn ugly. Um, the ham, the beef, the bacon, as long as it is cut extremely small pieces, you could get away with it. But a soup like this, you want to have no noodles in it, no rice, no grains, nothing like that. You can do your vegetables and your meats all you want. Um, you can always add your noodles when you open it up. So, And it would have to be pressure canned. This is a low acid thing. Even if there is some tomatoes in there, for instance, on some of these kind of fancier soups, it's still considered low acid with that meat in there. And that meat would have to be processed for the full 90 minutes for quarts and pints, etc., according to what your area is for altitude, that kind of thing. But it would be pressure canned. But I would stay away from any grains or dairy period for canning that can always be stored and done later especially noodles and rice and stuff like that keep them out of the soup until you're ready to make the soup good to always add it when you heat it up (laughs) oh awesome all right well with that i'll bring episode number 128 of the canadian prepper podcast to an end Uh, you can find the podcast on itunes podbean spotify or of course your favorite podcast app Please help us out, submit a review. It helps other people find us. We do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. Shockingly, still both. Uh, We haven't been kicked off either platform yet. (laughs) Yes. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. Gives you an alert when we're going live. Facebook, I imagine, has the same thing. I don't know. Hopefully it does do the thing there as well you can contact me with at alan that's with one l at prepperpodcast.ca eventually i do respond to those emails <laughs> <laughs> and if you do want to reach me i'm at microsteading at gmail.com and i would love to ke- connect with anyone frankly <laughs> just please <laughs> send me an email <laughs> <laughs> i just want your attention careful what you ask for this is the weird internet yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's my email though. <laughs> it's the internet. Yeah, be careful you ask for. But no, I do want to connect with other people, and if they do have any further canning questions, I can refer them to the rules or that kind of a thing if they need it. So, yeah, I don't. I don't mind. It's, it's sharing information. It's the fun part. It's the whole point of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be working on my sonnets. Uh, if you need to. <laughs> Give some feedback on those. Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Right, and you can uh, get me on the live chat at rapidsurvival.com or you can email me at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning. <laughs> <laughs>